Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self-storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third-tier markets to large 100-plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. Welcome to Self-Storage Income, the great and wonderful podcast where it's so exciting because we get to talk about self-storage and it's our favorite topic. Um, I Trust me, I'm the life of all parties. <laughs> That's like, everybody's like, oh, AJ, please tell us about storage units again. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere he goes. That's right. Uh, it's, hey, honestly, it's it's pretty true. It's pretty true. Honestly, it's what's uh, what you've been come to be known for. That's right. You know? It's a great thing. It is a great thing. It is. Oh, and obviously, there's a lot of people out there that think the same way, feel the same way. Yes. Podcast is doing amazing. Tons of yes. awesome people out there getting the book, yes. reaching out to us. Um, it's been incredible, dude. It has. This is this has been a, a great journey, and I'm it, I've absolutely loved just the responses. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, the calls that I get to take with you guys, it's, it's just, it's fun for me to get to talk, uh, to individuals that are getting started or taking their, uh, storage facilities to the next level. And it helps me learn, um, as well. So, um, it's great. And, you know, although I can kid around sometimes that it's just storage, um, and this kind of comes to our topic today. Uh, really, this is about building a business. And I, I hope that all our listeners understand and take this away because it's kind of the thing I've been saying in my speaking events and everything else from the very first. Self-storage is not a real estate asset. It's a business. And when you approach investing, when you approach when you approach storage and when you when you're getting started, you need to build it as such. Um, and one of the things that I talk a lot about, and it's even in the book, we talk about a franchise system and how key this is to being successful. And, and two, this is the great thing about it is whether it's storage, whether it's any other asset class or building a business, this is the core. This is the core of all of it. This is building a repeatable system. And that's what business is. You build a repeatable something that you can repeat profitably and eventually scale. Um, it's the key to financial freedom. It's the, it's how the economy works. It's you're building that finance, that vehicle, so to speak, that is able to run and take you there. Well, I, I summarize that in just the franchise system. Um, once again, a franchise system is a system and a process that you are building and the framework in which we do this is through business, right? 
that repeats your returns or compounds. Uh, this is the key to growth is that compounding effect, uh, that happens to your finances. And so it's all about taking your returns from one asset, deploying it into another and continuing the process. Well, if you're taking those returns and you're deploying it and you're starting all over again, every single time, um, that is a really bad use of resources. It's inefficient. You make mistakes and you lots of times don't get the same result. And that is definitely not good when you're trying to compound returns. Well, just the efficiency aspect alone, when you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, you know, doing it a few times, cool, whatever. But you do that a few times a week, hundred times. Like, I mean, you start compounding yeah. that across multiple facilities or multiple businesses or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, that is a just complete and total time suck Yeah, that you don't need. You know, and it's interesting talking about time because even with the, the new uh, Cedar Creek Wealth, the private equity stuff we're, we're building out and starting, um, that's been one of the forefront objectives I've had is we need to centralize and coordinate operations um, and then we need to document them so we can repeat them. Um, and this is how you move forward, but it's also how you don't go backwards and you, people can get overwhelmed very easily and then go, this is out of control. This is too big. I can't do that. Right. Um, every time I hear that and every time I hear people say, oh, I have no idea how they got that big or how did they accomplish those things? I'm like, well, it's simple. They built a framework and a system that can run and produce those results. Um, if you don't, then you're right. It is totally impossible. You can't do everything yourself and you can't, you're, you, this is about leveraging action. This is about leveraging, uh, um, processes and results. And if you don't build it right, then it can't, you can't hold so much down because it'll crush you and collapse you at a certain point you give out. Everybody does. We feel overwhelmed and then we get depressed because we're like, I can't, there's no future for me. Because I can't, I can't continue this. This is not sustainable. And that's not what we want, right? You want to avoid that. You want to create. I, I'm kind of obsessed with progress. And for me, when, when I look at it, I guess we could put this. When people are like, oh, what are your goals? And yes, I have my five-year, my 10-year, my intermittent goals. But really, at the end of the day, my goal is that I've improved year over year. Uh, that I'm a better person. I'm a better person husband, father, that I've done better for others, that I'm better financially, and that I have more resources to deploy and achieve all of these things. Um, I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want to be sitting on the couch 10 years from now a little better than I was, but really my life hasn't changed. We get one shot at this. I don't want to waste it, you know, and that's what this concept of franchising is. It's that your efforts today are not wasted and have to be repeated tomorrow. Nobody wants to live in Groundhog Day. We want to have new experiences. We want to do new things and we want to progress. So I'm, it's really important to me that I create when I do it the first time 
so that we don't have to do it again. Or if we do it again, or if it needs to be done, so if it's functions of the business that need to be repeated, that it can be, once again, hired for, automated, right? Or if we don't want it, get rid of it. And that way the business can grow and you can work on building more, doing more, and having more of an impact. Um, really, I mean, that's that's our goal. That's our, that, that's our goal with Cedar Creek Well right? How do, how do we have a big impact and how do we progress? And then how do we allow other people to progress with us? Well, that's like the perfect example of, of not being able to do it on your own, because just like we were talking about, you guys have, you know, built this massive success in storage over the past several years. And that's what you've been come to known, be known for. And you got to the point where you're like, we can't do this on our own and get to those goals and reach those um, expectations that you've set for yourselves without taking that step and starting Cedar yeah. and going down that path. And it's it's just a, it's the absolute perfect example of, of everything you're talking about. And, and two, it, it's a the creation process should be the hard part, right? Right. So it's like you upfront work. And you need, and a lot of people they're going too fast or they're jumping or they're skipping things because they're trying to get to the result. But if you just spend more time up at the upfront and you go through how's this going to process work, how do we execute on this, how do we do this, and you put in rules, right? And you you put all this work up front, that's less work you have to do to grow and scale, and the faster you can scale. So even with Cedar, when we're doing it, I'm like, okay, this is this is going to be another haul. We got to do this all. We got to create this from scratch. I got to figure it out. But because we've done it before, we've done it with other businesses and different industries. Um, you know, last year was my my big year, my big push for the brokerage firm. You know, I spent a lot of time and, I, you know, working two jobs when I didn't need to work two jobs. Story of my life. <laughs> Actually, I think my wife would laugh at that too. What about Dude, the other four? Yeah, what are you talking uh, about? So, um, but it's I, I'm kind of addicted to it because I know if I push forward now, then on the back end, I can just work on the system. Right. right? I, I don't need to do that forward work. So when we were looking at doing this with Cedar Creek and everything, it, it was all along the lines with accomplishing some of those goals that we talked about, having impact and progressing, but then allowing others to participate in it. And you can't do this without the franchise system, right? So this documentation, this understanding of and building out these systems and processes so that not only is it repeatable, but it's transferable. This is really, really important. You can't do everything yourself. If you can't repeat an action and you can't transfer that action to somebody else and still have that action being taken care of, you can't grow. You're not a business. You have a job. And that's not what we want. You want to avoid that. Because having a job versus creating, it's not work. It's not working, right? That's never been my goal is to not work ever. It's to work on my system. I can create more wealth. I can give more opportunities for our teams. We can give more opportunities for others. We have more resources to deploy in a good way and give back to society. So um, when you look at that and when you look at creating that, I see so many people that they trap themselves in a box and what they do is they create a job for themselves and then they hate it. 
And they're like, this has taken over my life. Now, not only do I have a job, the only difference is I take on all the risk. My problems come home with me. <laughs> and two, yeah. as all statistics have shown, on average, entrepreneurs make $10,000 a year less than the average American. Um, and I think that's why. And, yeah. and, and, and then it's Huge. not scalable. Then they can't progress. They can't go, you know, they can't go about it. And then they feel stuck. They feel jaded. They're not happy. Um, so let's just avoid all of these things. And let's create a franchise system that you can grow and build off of. Exactly. Yep. You have to. You have to. I mean, you look at any successful company, entrepreneur, any of that stuff. You you look at any of these individuals out there with these large companies that are successful, and guaranteed, you might they might be the face of the company, but they're not. I mean, you see Steve Jobs, you see Elon mm -hmm. Musk. I mean, we see Bill Gates, we see all yeah. these individuals, but. You think of, or I mean, even Warren Buffett or any of that stuff. I mean, you see these faces of these companies and of these successful um, funds or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just complete juggernauts. And you're you're not talking about the literally tens of thousands of people yeah. that are behind the scenes doing everything yeah, from they, the ground up. They don't up, even do one you know? percent. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If they're even doing anything. If they're even doing anything. Yeah, exactly. And that's why when, and people say, and a lot of people say, that's not fair. And I'm like, no, 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 it's totally fair because you have to remember what value is. Value is not on the action. Right. It's on the system. So the system is what holds value. And that system creation. So creators always have more value, right? And you need to be able to create a system that you can continue off of. Well, and decision makers. And decision makers. You know, at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah, you got to be able to, and you know, it's interesting when you look at decision makers because decision makers control trust and it's about impact. And somebody mentions, I, oh, Naval. I don't know if any of you guys follow Naval. He's got a podcast out there, he's a tweet. Anyways, he's a super smart guy, right? Um, and he talks about impact on an organization and they go, why is it that this employer makes a, th you know, whatever it is, 300 times what their store clerk makes? And he talked about, well, if that store clerk makes a um, bad decision, that bad decision is usually measured at one location. It's manageable and it's limited, right? And it can be recovered and everything like that. It's not about that they're not good. It has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do with the impact of the action. Now, let's say that that store has a thousand locations and at every store, they have 10 employees and every action of those employees are 10, right? And then that owner of that system or the person that's running the system, their one decision that they make now impacts thousands of people and thousands of actions. And his argument was actually that the ratio is skewed the other way, that the results of his decisions, his actions and works, the impact of that is massive. If he does something wrong, the company's in trouble. But if he does something right, thousands of people are benefited. And when you look at it that way, you see why the systems are set up like they are. And you need to create a system like that, that when you make a decision, when you make an action, the impact is great. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to make a big impact, right? We talk about storage like it's, eh, it's a storage. But if you're not thinking big like that, 
you're setting yourself up for lack of progress. You're setting yourself up for lack of action or just more work and a headache. Even if you just want one storage facility, just one, you're setting yourself. Let me give you an example here. This is a perfect example. So we just took over a storage facility, right? Like most of these facilities, we have to come in and we have to put in our system, processes and policies and procedures. And it looks like we have a giant stick up our butt. And <laughs> when you go in there, the first thing the managers are always like, this isn't needed. This is overkill. I don't know. Well, then you go start looking at their daily actions. And, you know, first of all, we're going to have performance. But because of the lack of uh, processes and systems and checks and balancings and all that, you start going through and all of a sudden it's like 70% of the contracts are not even right. Well, and honestly, it usually starts out like the manager saying, oh yeah, I'm cool with whatever you guys yeah, want to do. Whatever you guys want to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do that. That's good. That's good. Because they have this concept of how they how things have been before. Yeah. We're talking about an existing manager taking yes. over the facility that they've been working at. Um, and usually it's from what I've seen so far, it's like, yeah, oh yeah, that's totally fine. We'll do this. We'll do that. That's great. Yeah, I'm I'm totally good with anything. And then you and do then it. a you know, a few days later <laughs> as we're implementing these systems and policies and procedures that we have to adhere to. Like mm-hmm. those are the standards we set and we're we're not going to deviate from that. And, and they uh, think it's overkill. Then it's too much. Yeah, then it's like, dude, what like yeah, like you said, we don't need this, we don't need that. Oh, well, this is how we used to do this or this is how we used to do that. And it's like, well, not anymore. Like not anymore. this is how it's going to go and this is the way it needs to be. And that lack of framework that I'm talking about, this franchise system, at first, somebody may say, that's not important. But then you look at the contracts and you say, well, hold on. 70% of your contracts are not right. What kind of liability did your organization just take on? No joke. Yeah. Like, this is bad, right? Like, you are liable for a lot of problems here. What happens when those buildings catch fire? What happens when they all flood and people start pulling out contracts and attorneys start getting everybody's contracts and saying, oh boy, okay, these weren't even correct. Now you have all the liability, this section in your contract that says here, right here, that you're not liable. Well, the contract isn't even valid. So yes, actually you are liable. And so it's strange to me because there's a purpose for this. There's a purpose for the processes. There's a purpose for the systems and the checks and they think, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just one location. I'm never going to scale it. I'm like, okay, but do you want it to be profitable? And do you want to reduce risk? And do you want to make sure you're not losing money? And so a franchise system exists on one location just as, as much as it does on 10. And that's really important for you to remember. You need to be tracking actions. Actions need to be documented and they need to have standards. And with storage, we're lucky. It's not a thousand different right? Systems and widgets and hands passing through. And a lot of the stuff you can automate. Um, It's a beautiful business model. And so by not putting in a franchise system, to me, I'm like, eh, it's just kind of lazy. Like, definitely. Yeah. You just, you don't want to do kind of like what you're talking about before. You don't want to front load that. Yes. And get it done in the beginning, just get it set up. And then that way you can just run with it later on, plug and play. And Um, if you want passive income. Yeah. It has to be a franchise system. Got to do it. Got to do it. Did you want to share some specifics on a, on what we've done specifically yeah. to create that franchise system or key yes. aspects to our franchise system? There's a few areas that you need to work on when working for the 
um, systems, engagements, and how it works. The first that I would look at is how customers find you, right? And this is always interesting to me because there is, for most, you know, almost everyone we acquire, there is no system for customers to find them. Right. So it is just open-ended, which that's definitely not running a business. So you need to understand the link between how people are searching, how people are viewing, how people are finding you, and how people are getting to that location. Then you need to look at your systems to acquire a customer. What is the sales, right? What is the sales pitch? What is the offering? How do you differentiate yourself in a market? And how are they presenting it? Now, we go to Lang, so we train our managers on not only how they look, but how they act. When somebody comes in, you need to stand up. You need to greet them. You need to shake their hand, right? You need to sit down, have a conversation. Then there's a system on how you go through and how you process the lease, right? There's certain things that we want them to know, but nobody's sitting down and reading that entire lease agreement. It's, you know, crazy. And this can be way too time consuming in the storage. So we try to condense it while never, ever losing the pertinent, important information as far as liability and their demands and our demands, right? So we have checklists that we want the managers to go through. You need to do this, 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 and this, and this. And all of these contracts will be audited and they need to be checked. We have managers doing it at our new location right now, sitting down all day, going through the contracts, because if they're not meeting those requirements, right, we have a failed contract, which you would think that this is, this is like, that's the that's job. It. That's the job, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, you think, and two, it's funny because the people are like, oh, you don't need a system to check and verify the contract. It's a contract. They got to send. Yet those are the people that it's always messed up on. It's always messed up. And so you need to have a system for not only doing it, but then auditing it. How many times are you auditing it? Are you doing it? So what we'll do is we, we view the accuracy and the standard and then we'll look through contracts and out of 10 contracts, what's the failure rate? What's not? And does there need to be more training? How are those being executed? Um, or you can automate that, run it all online and do not let there be a pass through until it's all filled out properly and done. Obviously, the latter is much more efficient, but that's not, we're not all there today and customers aren't all there today and that's just not how it works. So we need a mix of both, which we use. So once again, as we're going through this customer's experience, then what is the process to have a, have that unit ready? Okay. So when somebody moves out, there's laws that they have to follow by. There's certain things you have to do. You just can't sell people's stuff out of their unit. How many days do you have? What are the notices that have to be given and how do they have to be given? Right? Is it mail? Is it email? Right? Some states don't allow you to just email them. So if you're not doing that right and you sell people stuff and the managers haven't checked off on it and you don't have a process to validate they're doing it right, you can get into big trouble. So those are really important. Then after the unit is sold, do you have to hold credit cards, different things like that to make sure that the person that sold it will actually do what they're supposed to do and clean it all out. Because if you sell it to somebody and then they just take what they want and leave it out. Now you've got to go hire somebody to come and clean out the unit. That gets very expensive. Once again, this is hitting your margin. So then how does that unit or product get ready to resell on the market? What is the standard for you to have a lock on it 
that's ready for it to be sold, right? Does it need to be cleaned? What does that look like? What is the time frame? And then have a lock on it. So when that person comes in, fills out that lease agreement, then you walk out together, you unlock, roll it up. And then what are your rules of engagement, right? How long can they have their stuff without a lock? What can they store? What can they not store? All this needs to be covered. You got to think about this customer's experience all the way through by the time, till the time they leave. And then two, what are the time frames that are allowed? So many of our units we got on and, uh, well, we didn't ever sweep it out or we didn't ever clean it out. And it's been two months and you're going, this is your product. You only have a certain amount of these. What is two months on a few units do for a facility that has 50 units? Huge. Yeah. <laughs> and massive. so you look at the stuff and how the process of your business works. And then two, you talk about putting in these systems, whether it's online systems to get people in, to do uh, to do contract checks, lock up, petty cash. Where's the sign off at night? Where's the check? Where do they report this? Where do they do it? How do you report maintenance? How is maintenance validated plus paid for and completed and done? All of these aspects we have processes for. And even then, we lose stuff. We miss stuff. Oh, for sure. For sure. All the time. And so I can't even imagine what it would be if we didn't have a central communication portal and if we didn't have set standards and then audit our facilities to meet those standards and be checking these things. And you can't just walk in and say, oh, you're doing a crappy job. If you haven't given them the framework in which they need to perform on, you can't just go in and say you're doing a crappy job. If I have a framework for that manager, my employees, then I can walk in and say, you are being judged by the framework of the job description that you're, you've gotten. Let's go through it together. Let's see where you performed well and see where you haven't. Then where you've performed well, what bonuses, what do we need to do? And if you failed, what needs to change? Do you need more training? Is this a dis- disciplinary thing? Um, what justifies firing? Those kind of things, that all needs to be said. That needs to be upfront. So employee manuals, right? And communications and doing annual reviews with your employees and making sure that standard's being held and they understand that you're looking at it and you're checking it, um, to name a few. I mean, that was only a couple. <laughs> only <I> mean, a couple. <laughs> so, yeah. No, that's, that's all great stuff because, again, so much of that is just stuff that you don't think about until you get there, mm-hmm. you know, and realize that you need it. So it's really good insight for a lot of people, I think, to and be able to hear. That's like, okay. Hmm, I need to think about that. We just did a podcast uh, for Cash Flow to Freedom, and it's uh, all on not knowing. Like, it's okay to not know. And I'm going to repeat this for everybody because it's really important. It's okay not to know because starting out is a creation process. That's why I say endlessly. You have to document. You have to track, right? And then you have to solve. And so when you document and you track, that's what allows you, the solving part is building the standards. It's building the policies and procedures. It's getting the vendors to complete certain things and then knowing how that works, right? That is the part of starting up. That's the creation process. That's the business process. Um, but doing it ad hoc and just figuring out as problems come, your problems are never going to end. They're just going to repeat. And you have no way of tracking it and understanding the severity of those problems. Um, that's just running a really bad business. And that's why a franchise system makes you more profitable, allows you to scale, 
makes you more money, right? Makes your employees happier. Right? Employees want to do willy-nilly at the expense of the business. That doesn't make the employer nor the employee actually happy. When we have set standards, they're meeting our standards and we're giving them rewards. We recognize them and we see the performance and how that's happening. Employees like that. They like to understand. I like to understand. Where do I fit? How's this working? What are we doing? Right? Um, You don't want to be vague with those things. So it makes everybody a lot happier. And it makes understanding of expectations. And, you know, uh, it's just, it's so essential. And whether it's one facility or 10 facilities, right? And the bigger you get and the more problems you have, problems are okay. As long as you solve them, not only solve them, but create a situation or a process to deal with them or get rid of them in the future. Dude, couldn't have said it better myself. And honestly, it's like, there's so many of those things that, that you don't think about starting out that you don't know, which is again, totally fine. But when you are compounding and you're doing this from facility to facility to facility, once you do get that system in place, I mean, everything down to the color of the countertops, Yes. Like everything's the same. You know how it's just, yes. it makes so many things, the filing system, whatever it is, makes it so much more simple and easy for everybody, for you, for your team. Um, it's just, it's, I couldn't say enough good about it. And honestly, I can't say any more that you've already said. That's it's the name <laughs> gonna, of the game. Yeah. going to drive it home, man. I mean, it's, it's good stuff for sure. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to see in, in action, you know, where you can go and you can purchase this facility that's totally not performing at its, at what it should be. Yeah. You go in and you change a few things and voila, you've got this amazing facility getting incredible returns and you went in and you literally just set some standards. Like yeah. you didn't change anything structurally. You didn't do this huge expansion. You didn't do this over like remodel, any of that kind of stuff. You just went in and you changed some administrative, you know, processes, procedures, and there you go. Like, yeah. I mean, that is amazing. Yeah. It's, you know, and once you see it in work and once you see it, 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 it gets really fun. Yeah. No, it's it so opens cool. doors and it opens possibilities and, you know, makes sky's the limit. So for sure. Um, I'm going to put this, I, I, I made a little video about these different business functions. Um, and when you're applying to them, just like we talked about, there's three different things. I'll put this on, um, my Instagram stuff. If you guys want to go there, AJ Osborne, if you like the stuff, share it, tag us, tag us with the book, uh, share it guys. That really does a lot for us. It gets our, our outreach going, um, our podcast, and we want to continue growing in the industry. We want to do a meetup here with everybody, um, and host like a little self, uh, storage conference. We think all this stuff would be fun. So if you guys can do that for us, that helps us get the word out that helps us grow so we can continue providing more to you guys, providing more value. And as always a five star. And if you guys leave a good review, it tells the algorithms on everything from social to, um, iTunes that this is good content. And then they, right? They push that forward and then they show it more and they do things more. That's stuff that we can't do and how you guys could really help us. But I hope this was helpful. Um, and thanks for your time. Thanks guys.